what's up, listeners? Welcome back to Predator vs. Movies. I'm Alex. I'm Aiden. Peter's still not here. No, Peter. Uh, and this is... Yeah, okay. No, Peter. I mean, this is... This is... That's weird. This is a podcast where we discuss and review the latest movie releases. We're going to start off with a non-spoiler review before diving into a deep discussion of the film, and then we're going to ask the most important question, would this movie be better if the alien from Predator was in it? This week, we are going to be reviewing Paul Schrader's Master Gardener. Uh, but sure. before we get into that, we have some news for you. First of all, in the CW has a uh, long-standing uh, reputation for taking uh, popular IP and turning it into TV shows beloved by middle schoolers and mm-hmm. teenagers. Uh, the DC Universe, the Arrowverse... Um, the Walking Dead, I think, was a comic. Um, a third that thing AMC. that I can't think of. Oh, you're right. Uh, take that one back. Powerpuff Girls, I think, <laughs> oh, was yeah. almost... Oh, yeah, the thing that was scrapped. failed, yeah, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was scrapped. Um, a third... Other third thing. Next in line is a, is a show called The Chosen One, and it is based on the biggest IP of all time. This is a quote from an executive. Yeah. Jesus. Hell yeah. Yeah. The biggest IP of all time, Jesus. Definitely. For sure. That is is a hilarious way to frame the Bible. (laughs) It's it's so this late capitalist Hollywood. Yeah. Of course. Of course they call it something like that. It also implies that like the Bible's like owned by someone. Like someone holds True. The intellectual rights to the Bible. I feel like they've lost the they've lost the meaning of what IP stands for. Yeah. They just think it means like recognizable characters, I guess. But yeah. that's the, it's property. It's intellectual property. And yeah. you're right, it isn't owned by anyone. Yeah, how can unless you you're talking the about the big guy upstairs. One one might argue is that that's what makes the Bible so sacred is that it is owned by none. Mm. One might argue that so sacred that only the CW can be <laughs> charged with creating a yeah. show about it. Okay, uh, but for real, like they better be giving Jesus like like a licensing fee for that because that's actually crazy. If not, uh, I don't know. And like. We laugh, but also I know that's going to be, like, the most watched show in, like, the <laughs> Rust Belt of America, or the Bible Belt. Um, yeah. Like, the, the Good Doctor shit. Like, if they like that, they're going to eat the shit yeah. out of the show. Um, I, I, other can't news. See, I can't wait to oh, yeah, see sorry. scenes in which Jesus meets up with his other millennial friends at a coffee shop where they can discuss their, their plans and their problems. That's going to be Absolutely. Awesome. Um, and I can't wait for, like, the awful CG, like, things he does. I'm not that familiar with this IP, so don't... Yeah, I can't get any specific examples. Healing the, the sick. They'll yep, CG the healing the hills from glowy hands. Yeah. Uh, in other news, Flash Bad. This is our segment, Flash Bad. This it's, is the Anti-Flash Podcast. You're tuning in to Predator against... I guess it is Predator versus Flash. Versus, we really yeah. are. We really are yeah. fighting against Flash here, yeah. So, to explain, neither of us have seen this movie. And we also, on several different levels, refuse to watch it. Morally, philosophically, yeah. um, literally, financially, 
for the sake of our individual sanity. Sanity. Yeah. <laughs> refuse to watch this movie. Uh, but we have, and this might be more important, seen pirated clips on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Maybe collectively 30 seconds of the film. Yeah. Plus, plus what the trailer show is. So, like, a good, like, three minutes of this film has been seen by our eyes and our brains, yeah. unfortunately, for the detriment of our health. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, so some of the worst clips, like, one of the ones is, uh, and this was very popular for a while, where it's the three shot of both Flashes and Superwoman, and, like, it is, like, the video game arc around <laughs> and, I, like, <laughs> and i saw like all, all the things were like the, yeah. the like the lego icons of you saw that on one? Their yeah because yeah. <laughs> yeah. for explanation it looks like it's the kind of shot where you're transitioning a from a, 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 a vi- yeah yeah so that you can start playing the game that's gonna be a sick game when you can start <laughs> playing as the flash i'm still waiting for a flash game so honestly if this movie's bad i'd be willing to play the game uh sure. but yeah, so that doesn't look great. I mean, just the whole idea of fighting on an open plane is yeah. visually like the gray, the, wor- the gray the sludge, planned. infinite horizon. Yeah, <laughs> but this is worse than like like Endgame. There's the Transformers. The new one yeah. has a, an infinite sludge kind of thing. This, but like this that one is, is still even less character. Than, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This looks like they opened like a an engine, like a rendering engine, <laughs> yeah. and then forgot to plug in the background so it's just like open plane like they just didn't do anything and they're like yeah that's good like and Andy Machete just walked in and was like yeah that's good you know I'm very curious to hear the context as to why the characters find themselves in that liminal endless plane like (laughs) yeah it looks Um, like I don't know maybe it's the Mojave but like I just feel like the explanation is going to be oh we had to get everyone out of the city to save the yeah. civilians got to move the whole fight which is again that. like that's another thing of like the dc universe is just characterized by constant reactions to like the previous things like because yeah. that was such a big criticism of the Zack snyder movies that like how many people did superman just kill by going through that building so it's like the collateral like, damage of man of steel is pretty intense yeah that's kind of Maybe maybe it's an extreme, but that, now they've gone the opposite extreme. Where you're right, they're they're afraid to have civilians injured. Um, yeah. Also, I don't I don't know if you heard this, but it's not just Man of Steel anymore. Like apparently in the new Fast and Furious, there was like like a big bomb goes off or something, and there's a newscast like immediately after where they're like, luckily no one was injured, <laughs> no one yeah. died. It's like you're you're just taking away the stakes. I don't know why they feel the need to do that it's quite silly i also feel like i feel like the mcu has done that a little bit but i can't think of an example off the top of my head either but i i felt like they were reacting to that as well i guess there was the whole like uh sokovia chords like arc within that that was kind of a reaction but that was actually like a baked in storyline in fairness so yeah sokovia chords really worked for me though because i think it's a nice way of like actually acknowledging the other movies yeah having those have ramifications so that's a good example for sure no i agree um but i had a different thought but some other more recent clips we've been seeing were the cgi babies that the flash (laughs) saves from i think there's like a hospital explosion (laughs) god like i will say like 
so I scary. Think, I think the microwave clip is reversed. I heard something like that. Yeah, that like, yeah, he's not putting the baby in the microwave. <laughs> well, well, well. To to take the baby out of the microwave, he does in fact at one point put it in the microwave. There's just, oh, yeah. like that's how he's saving the baby is he right. puts it in the microwave. So like it it's starts like off Indiana like Jones. every. It's Kingdom of the Crystal Skull uh, refrigerator scene, but like yes, amplified. yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. So basically, what happens is he he's running and the the debris is falling and he's slow motion. He's in the air, and he sees a microwave. He opens it. You must have missed this clip. Grabs a burrito, a burrito, and he eats it in like the most disturbing way you could possibly eat a burrito. Like he, it's like he he turns profile and like sticks it too far in his mouth like a lot of things are wrong with it maybe it's a fake burrito i don't know but so he does that now the microwave is empty and he's refueled and then he puts a baby in the microwave and then the clip you saw was him taking it out at the end which yes was reversed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the creepy way he smiles like the, the cut they do is so funny yeah uh, um uh well yeah, perhaps so the most really horrifying bad. clip the most horrifying clip is the disgusting and very much unethical CGI zombies that appear. They have resurrected yeah. Christopher Reeves uh, in the movie. I don't know if you saw that. That's I, that is yeah. fucked up. Don't do I that saw, shit. I, I saw Christopher Reeves next to Supergirl, and yeah. not only is it like terrible. And also, like, the worst this has ever looked. <laughs> I've seen tons of clips, like, comparing what the shots look like, and they're just, like, baffling. Like, why would you shoot it like that <laughs> if you thought this was morally reprehensible at all? Like, it's it's bad. I mean, Rogue One wasn't great either. They did this for Rogue One as well. Yeah. Uh, and I thought we were past this, but... I thought we were through. Hmm? No, it's like it, I find it so depressing, and like especially, do you remember like the Star Wars press thing that had come out where they were like, yeah, audiences just won't accept a recast. Like we have to, we have to de-age. Yeah, which is insane. It's... Like in Mandalorian, they somehow found an actor who looks almost exactly <laughs> like a young Mark Hamill, and they are using his performance, like it, it is him performing mm -hmm. that they are deep faking Mark Hamill's face onto. Why which, take that extra step? <laughs> which actively makes him look less like Luke Skywalker. He <laughs> yeah. looks worse. Yeah. Um, and it's it's Hollywood, again, taking all the wrong lessons from complaints. So that was the complaint of the Solo thing, where he, they, they thought they weren't accepting Alden Ehrenreich's performance as Solo, which was not the problem people had with that movie. I, yeah. Having revisited it a while ago, but, you know... I've seen it more than once. That movie's not that bad. And Alden Ehrenreich, I don't think is the problem. I think the movie it, as a concept is stupid and yeah. wasn't necessary. But if you're going to make the movie recast, it worked really well, actually, that part. It is um, also, as a side note, one of the darkest blockbuster movies I've seen in, like, ten years. I don't mean, like, morally. Like, just there is very oh. little light like every time i see a clip from that movie i'm like yeah. holy fuck it looked like that like if you just look up solo right. and you just look at the shots it's actually insane like how the small amount of light that is in the frame but yeah that's, that's I, yeah i think it's kind of low contrast from my recollection um 
But I thought I thought you were talking about the ending. I still th- I stand oh, yeah. by the solo ending before the stupid Sabak thing. But when yeah. he spoiler for an ancient movie, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> when he shoots Woody Harrelson, like just shoots him dead. I was like, yeah. bold, bold yeah. move for a blockbuster movie for a guy to like he has a a kind of a downward arc morally i think in this movie in that movie he goes from kind of like a charming guy and then he just kills the guy who was his mentor that's kind of ballsy for a blockbuster it's Um, actually interesting yeah i was actually talking to someone about this literally yesterday about solo and we were we were discussing how one that there were two terrible ideas in the production of that movie first of all firing phil lord and chris miller who are probably yeah. going to deliver another banger because they're great at what they do. The second biggest mistake was, I think, hiring Phil Lord and Chris Miller. <laughs> because why? What in their filmography made you think that they were going to produce a solo movie that was going to be anything like what we got? Right? Sure. Like, right. Like, yeah, they made... like, they, like they inevitably were going to step in. What is what you mean? Yeah, like yeah. inevitably they were going to make their kind of like the way they take IP in 21 yeah. Jump Street, for example, that's what they were going to do with that. If that's what you yeah. wanted, like, great, hire them. But clearly that's not what they wanted. So why would you? That yeah. seems like a dumb choice to begin with. And I love those guys. I think they're great at what they do. But uh, back to, let's <laughs> take it back to the flash. You kind of got, whoa, sidetrack. Yeah. Um, the. Something about the... Oh, yeah. Someone tweeted this, and you kind of know based on... Like, I've seen Flashpoint on the, the CW show, for example. The point of Flashback... Or Flashpoint, sorry, is that you have to, like, let the past go and be, like, accept that that's what happened and move forward. And then it's so antithetical to be bringing back... <laughs> the jangly key zombie actors to be yeah. like remember the past wasn't that so great yeah. <laughs> the multiverse <laughs> the possibilities are endless and it's never the whole like, the advent of ai it's never gone it's never gone we can live there forever God, like just like regression of the highest order of people like living out their childhood action figure dreams yeah. forever didn't, like didn't michael shannon say that about the movie where he was like, yeah, like I playing General Zod again actually fucking sucked because it was like a guy playing with action figures. I think he did say action figures. I think you're right. Yeah. But yeah, he did not enjoy. He speaks quite fondly of working with Zack Snyder, who yeah. like I don't like Zack Snyder's movies, Neither do I. but he is a visionary. He just has a vision that I don't agree with. Yeah. But like he's making his movies. He's a very clear brand of movies, and I prefer that any day of the week over whatever the hell this is this is slop this is like treating consumers like they are i don't know like prison inmates and giving them like lowest common denominator enjoyment it's really turning film into content quite depressing altogether is what kind of the point of this segment was uh haven't seen the movie anti-flash to see the movie (laughs) Yeah, in case you weren't clear on that before, or if you missed it somehow, missed the warning at the top. Uh, there was a trailer we watched. Sure we can was. flip to positive. Uh, Netflix has a movie coming out this year called They Cloned Tyrone. It stars 
Um, John, John Boyega, Boyega. Jamie Foxx. Thank you. And I'm double-checking. Tayona Paris. I did think that's what it was. Um, and looks really fun. It's... Yeah. I think it's set in the 70s? Maybe? Yeah, that it seemed like, like the, the tone of the trailer was 70s, but I, I can double-check that. Um, no, it looked and like, and it looked like, like a... Fun, stylish time, like a, a good stylish, <laughs> stylish time. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a science fiction comedy mystery, as Wikipedia says, um, set in yeah the nineteen seventies, and it's about um, like a science, like an underground science lab that are cloning, uh, I think, exclusively black people in a I particular neighborhood, um, and yeah, I I think it looks quite charming actually. I'm not. No, there have been some good Netflix movies. I was going to diss Netflix, but they, I mean, they released Power of the Dog. They did. They Martin do Scorsese, put out a lot of trash, so. though, to be fair. They do. Yeah. If I so, see the, if I see the red N on a film, I am less likely to watch it, certainly. Red N stands for no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time. Uh, unless they've, you know, helped fund the work of an actor. But I think this looks fun. Um, mm-hmm. John Boyega, this is, this is maybe. The first role where I'll be like, John Boyega is doing some good acting. Uh, I don't think he didn't really work for either of us. I think for the Woman King. No. Uh, and I haven't. I don't think I've seen anything else with him in it. But I don't even know if his performance. Episode. I don't even know if I'd say his performance was bad in Woman King though. It's just like I just I don't believe for one second. Like just for whatever reason, mm. I was like, this is just a dude from the modern day. Like I just don't buy this. Like at all. <laughs> I think for me. I think the movie is just bad. That movie, I think it's just written strangely. So, um, his role is one of the strange parts. So I don't, yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about they clone Tyrone? Uh, oh, I just the joke at the end of the trailer is funny when the the guy comes in and interrupts the reporter, and then the reporter is like, "Yes, that is the leading theory." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's like, he's speaking with like I think it's A A V E, and the white reporter's like, "Yes." That is what is happening, you know. <laughs> um, so that, yeah, that it looks fun. Um, but today we watched a not so fun movie. Aiden, do you want to tell us about it? Yeah, so we did watch a movie known as uh, Master Gardener. Now it's uh, it was written and directed by a little guy named Paul Schrader, in case you weren't aware. And it stars Joel Edgerton, okay. Sigourney Weaver, Quintessa Swindell, and Isai Morales. Uh, cinematography is by Alexander Dinan. Dinan, sorry. <laughs> um, what else do we usually say? Runtime is 107 minutes. It was released. It has multiple release dates. It first premiered in Venice on September 3rd, but was got a widespread release on May 19th in the United States. Um, yeah, it budget was about 4.7 million dollars, and it has so far made 821,183 dollars. I thought you were gonna say eight dollars, and I was gonna be like, yeah, I bet it did. It's like it's like the, it 20, the, the twenty-one Jump Street clip that's going around. It's like this is fucking yeah. seven dollars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this. That's uh, not twenty-one. Oh, that's super bad. I don't know why I said twenty-one Jump Street. Super bad. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Same yeah. same actor. Same Jonah same actor. Hill. Same Jonah Hill. Same Jonah Hill. Um, I was gonna say this stars. Black Adam's own Quintessa Swindell. Oh, she played. Uh, they played Cyclone uh, yeah. from from Black Adam. Uh, but yes, we watched that, and now we play a game called Predacritic. There's a website on the internet called Metacritic, 
where critics' reviews of a movie are scored uh, average out of 100, and we are going to guess where it lands in that metric. If it gets 60 or above, it's green. If it's 80 or above, it's must-see. If it's uh, maybe like 60 to 45, it's yellow, and if it's below that, it's red. So I'm going first. I spun the wheel. Um, nice. We like to hear that. I don't. The <laughs> stakes are higher, as always, when Peter's not here. That's the true. odds of winning are higher, but so are the odds of losing. And having you also can't like the movie. You also can't play the game as effectively because you you are ultimately yeah. just choosing higher or lower, and it's like basically. Yeah. So I have a pretty good feeling where this is gonna land. I'm not gonna beat around the bush too much. Fifty-three. That's sure. where I think this lands. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I'll come right out and say I don't think this movie is good. And in fact, I would even go as far as say I think this movie is kind of bad. Bad. Um, <laughs> the opposite of good. <laughs> uh, so I agree. I agree with what you're saying. I. Uh, we'll get into what I was gonna say. Anyway. But yeah, um, in terms of, like critics, like I don't see. There's not much here, man. Like, like there's not. There's just not much here. So I I might even. I, w- I wonder even if just on, like, name, like, Paul Schrader is going to get, like, a somewhat, like, a bump, just a name, name, name respect bump. Mm. Um, so you said 53? I did say 53. Yeah, I'll go 54. I'll go 54. Damn you. We were actually far off. We were harsher on it than Metacritic was. Uh, I think maybe what you said about name recognition is right, uh, because it has a 63 which I think is perhaps giving the movie too much credit. Uh, credit where it is not due. So yeah. clearly we have a stance on this movie. Uh, Aiden, though, as the winner, you get to tell us what you thought first. Non-spoiler reaction. Yeah, so I, I think this movie is bad, as I've already said. Uh, and this was... So this is actually my first Paul Schrader film. I've not seen First Reformed. I've okay. not seen The Card Counter. I've only seen part of Taxi Driver, movies written. So I actually mm-hmm. think this is the first full full Paul Schrader, either directing or writing, whatever, film that I've seen. And not a good introduction, I will say. Like, <laughs> I, I, I believe people when they say he's great. I, I believe you. And I'm sure when I get to those other films, I'll be like, wow, that's great. This one is bad. Uh, this is, for someone who is like started as a writer, my biggest problems with this movie are the writing, which I think not only is incredibly on the nose, but also super, very superficial and unable to, like, delve into the the kind of, like, topical theme of redemption that it's getting into, and deals with it in, like, in, frankly, like, a stupid way. Like, it just, with, <laughs> with, like, a, there's, like, a small caveat where it's, like, there are actually a couple scenes where I'm, like, okay, is, is there something interesting going on here? But I don't think... So. There's not enough for me to say that. Um, every, like, the directing, I don't think is good either. I don't even like the performances very much in this movie. I think Sigourney Weaver is great. I think she's not very good in this movie. Um, I don't think that Joel Edgerton is great in this movie either. I don't think Quintessa Swindell is great in this movie. Um, I think that some of the cinematography is cool. But I also would say that, like, at a certain point, the framing with the architecture of a house or a garden is, like, not the most impressive thing. There are specific things with the directing I like, um, namely, like, 
the way ha- having to do with like the way characters are looking and like the focus so there's some some directing cinematography things i like uh this is a very weird movie though that has this strange tone that makes it hard to get into there's so many weird details um yeah i i'm we'll get into it but yeah so this is like a two-star movie for me um and i would not recommend this i don't think people would like this i in fact my mom came part way through and her only remarks were that was a weird movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and sometimes sometimes she'll say that to a movie that i think is good but i i am fully behind her in this case here i think that was a weird movie in a bad way yeah mrs aiden's mom that is correct this is a weird movie i will say i think the second half is more interesting not necessarily better sure. but more happens more diverse things start happening than at the first half of this movie um i watched this last night later than i should have started it um so i was quite tired for the first half and the fact that this is i mean its usual style is slow but god this was slow and dumb so like (laughs) trying to slip through um not sleep through the first half was it was difficult um it was quite a challenge Somehow I got a second wind for the second half, and I was able to actually like stay awake the whole time and kind of be more attentive. But it's really hard to pay attention to stuff like this. Um, this feels like ChatGBT took in all of First Reformed and all of Card Counter, and then had to come up with a new Paul Schrader script. Like, and it's funny that like like he's got this trilogy thing going on in the, the last two movies because he's. He's not stopped making films since he started directing. Like, there are films like 2015, 2014, 2013. He has films that came out. Just nobody talks about them because they're bad. <laughs> like, no one <laughs> likes them. Um, uh. And so, yeah, so he took... It, it really does feel like he's just found this kind of character he likes writing about and is just doing just the, the laziest lowest common denominator versions of like retelling the same story over and over again but with each time less nuance like i didn't like the card counter i, I rewatched it for this and it's worse than first reformed but i think better than this one um yeah so i'll, I'll get into some more specifics um yeah the writing's bad uh he it is strange that for someone who did start out as a writer and has some prolific writing uh, put out projects um, that it's this bad. It's quite obvious stuff. The characters just like, like the characters who are supposed to be like super knowledgeable in certain things like gardening are journaling about like the basics. And I'm like, who are you telling this to other than obviously me, the audience who knows nothing. Uh, yeah. Super on the nose. The, I think the conceit is, quite interesting for like like that's what hooked me is is like the logline for this movie that you know former proud boy or like nazi man is working on what is essentially i I think it i read somewhere that it was a plantation i don't know if that's for sure but like an ex-plantation working for powerful or rich rich old white lady and has to work with her grand niece who is half black 
that's like that's interesting i think there's, there's something there there's potential for themes to be explored there for sure and like he just does nothing with it there's like it's one of those movies that's allergic to conflict where scenes with conflict basically baked into them have it removed for some reason like yeah like i was like oh the conflict is so obvious and then they diffuse it immediately and they have to come up with (laughs) there's one point where there's like a big reveal towards the end of the movie like probably three quarters of the way in and i'm like okay this is gonna be a big like bomb arguably the entire movie has been leading up to this resolved in like like not only does like they don't care when it first happens and then it is resolved in like three scenes and they're just like yeah okay, yeah we're good. <laughs> that was the that was the most conflict there was and it was yeah. resolved almost immediately i like the one where there's a very obvious like he's making a request that he probably should not be able to make as a felon <laughs> And he's making it to a police officer, and the police officer says, like, "Yeah, sure, I can do that." <laughs> no, and he's literally just like, "Yeah, you've been, you've been such a nice guy. Like, I'll do that for you." Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> now, I think I think maybe that's a bad example because I think later it's revealed that that might not be entirely true. But that was very funny to me, just being like, "Wow, we're really not doing conflict in this movie." Okay. Um. What else? Uh, yeah, no, the directing is terrible. I think yeah. he got terrible performances out of good actors, which is interesting. Um, it's just like, like it's supposed to be about this central relationship, and I don't buy how that started or continued. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're already interested in each other? Yeah. And they're still interested in each other as it continues on. Also, okay. We'll, okay, we'll get into it, but there's one line that Joel Edgerton character says at the end where I out loud was like, What? Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> Why? <Great stuff. laughs> um, the, really, the only positive I can give this is the visual direction. I think Paul Schrader surprisingly has, has a good eye for some pretty good cinematography it's not the best it's been uh, i think it's worse than some of his other stuff uh and there's some pretty like generic you know one shot reverse shot kind of situations for conversations sure. but there's like one shot in particular maybe two that i i was like oh that's good staging or they did something interesting with the lighting um i'll get into the specifics later but Sure. Yeah, bad movie. Uh, Struggle to stay awake, and I think it's dumb and not worth your time. Uh, would not recommend. I think two is like a pretty solid place to give it, maybe even one and a half. I think it's just, yeah. it's really bad. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Aiden, I think we have a spoiler warning. Pew, 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 pew. Thank That's you. Spoiler warning. Uh, and I lost the game, the Predacritic game, which means that I have to give. A quick two-minute synopsis for the movie. What happened in under two minutes? Um, this should not be hard. Not uh, a typical. As we, always, we always <laughs> say this, but like, not that much happened in this movie. I feel like we say that more often than not, where we're yeah. like, "Yeah, actually, not that much happened." In typical Schrader fashion, though, really, like nothing happens in this movie. Yeah. So uh, here we go: three, two, one, go. So um, Nazi boy works on a plantation for a rich white lady, and her niece her mom 
Oh God! Her, the nieces, the grand niece, the grand niece's yeah. mom died. So her which right lady's sister's daughter died. So she has no one left. So and she's been getting into drugs. So she takes her on and makes her be the apprentice for a Nazi boy. Now, grand niece is half black, so obviously there should be tension there, right? <laughs> um, and he's like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I'll take an apprentice. And he teaches her the ways of gardening and flowers, and then they kiss or she kisses him or something at one point after she's on drugs or something and she they're caught by rich white lady and kicked out of the plantation wherever they hop from motel to motel until at one point grandniece sees nazi boys tattoos that are like super like super obviously racist <laughs> like yeah. nazi flags um the Swash confederate flag around. like every yeah. single symbol you could think of is on his back and torso um she sees it understandably she gets upset at him less understandably she forgives him and wants to have sex with him uh and they do and then they um she has a, a boyfriend slash drug dealer who is mean uh, Nazi boy threatens him in retaliation drug dealer and his buddy destroy the gardens so then Nazi boy comes back he scares drug dealer and bashes in his knee and they live happily ever after Nazi boy and as, grandies as husband as, and husband wife and <laughs> which is to be clear that was the line that I out loud but like what when Joel when Joel Edgerton goes up to Sigourney Weaver and he's like, uh, Maya, Maya and I, Maya is the grandies, Maya and I will be living on the grounds together as husband and wife. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Just have them live together. Why do they need to be... Oh, man. That was so <laughs> funny. <clears throat> when... Yeah. Uh, we can get to this right away, but like... But sorry, I will the say, there's, there's actually now. an important... Sorry. It's an important piece of context. Joel Edgerton was sleeping with Sigourney Weaver as well, and so there was like mm, a yes. jealousy thing at play there too. Yeah, thank you. Uh, he and he is a former Proud Boy because he was an informant. Uh, yes, he informed on true. his people and killed them. Um, yeah. So he was really out of the Proud Boy stuff at one point. Although one could argue, does it That's ever awesome. leave you? Maybe the movie should have explored that idea. <laughs> so, okay, so <laughs> the one thing that, like, I thought, like, there are some moments where I thought it was going to lean into exploring it, and there are two particular moments where, so first of all, when he first approaches the drug dealer guy um, and his Hispanic friend, he immediately calls the Hispanic guy a slur, like, just, like, yeah, right yeah, off the yeah. hop. And so I was like, okay, yeah. is the movie trying to explore that, like, given like the the lowest given like the lowest hanging fruit easiest circumstances he just reverts to like racism like is that is the movie trying to mm -hmm. go there and then the other part i was thinking of is near the end when they go and like confront the drug dealer and the other guy um and like he like i was like okay so it's also exploring like um given the first opportunity he just reverts to like violence but like it's doesn't yeah. like the 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 ending undercuts what that would be because they're just oh, like completely. together dancing. Like and so she's, like if that was just, there it, Yeah. Yeah, and she just accepts all of his actions. She's just like, Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> it's like like you'd think that him going violent mode on that was really dumb. 
going violent mode on her people she knows, you'd think she would react to that. Yeah. Uh, and she even, <laughs> like... like <laughs> when, when they're pulling up to the house and she talks to her friend, she's like, hey, man, how's it going? And he's like, oh, I'm by, I haven't seen you in a while. And then Joel Edgerton's like, ah! Smacks him. <laughs> and then, and then Maya's just, like, stone-faced. Nothing. Because she was in on it. She yeah. acts like she was best friends with this guy. I thought he was innocent. And then he's like also, smashed on the bag, like unconscious. The staging of that scene, the guy has to literally not be able to see Joel Edgerton for that to Because <laughs> Joel Edgerton walks right in front of him and goes around. And then, like, clearly, like, holding a gun and three feet away from him the entire time smacks him on the back of the head. Like, so dumb. Um, yeah. So that's a whole thing. Where and she's like he even hands her a gun, and she's she considers shooting them for a second and ultimately does not. But like all of that, like it's clearly an invitation to be like, what are we doing here? Why are you going to be violent? And yeah, just at every opportunity, choosing the less interesting choice. Um, yeah, it's also I wanted to. It is yep. hilarious that, like, they have a line earlier, just because we were already talking about this, they have a line earlier where they're like, yeah, you know, like, every every proud boy, every skinhead in the county, like, the moment they hear your name, you're dead. They're coming yeah. after you. And then nothing happens. <laughs> nothing becomes <laughs> of that. Yeah. It's like, like, like you were saying, like, another source of conflict that could exist. And it's like, no, we're actually not doing feels that. Like, feels like a Chekhov's gun kind of situation <laughs> that we just, like, a lot of those lying around. We just have yeah. a storage of Chekhov's guns over here which is yeah. waiting to be used um, I want to talk about we, we kind of brushed past it the the husband and wife thing so just to give further clarification so he is 48 and she is 26 now at 26, consenting adults you so are like, an adult well, yeah fine you know what if that's if that's what it is fine but her line <laughs> makes me laugh more than his um, her being Sigourney Weaver's line. Yeah. She says, he says, we're going to be husband and wife. Her reaction is, that's obscene. <laughs> it's supposed to be like, like I think it's supposed to be that it's obscene that he's marrying someone who is not the same skin color. I think that's yeah, because her implication. But because I'm like, a- no, you're right for a different reason. <laughs> There's also, yeah, they're right because they, like, he isn't in an inherently paternalistic figure to her. And, like, yes! that's what it's, like, set up to be. And then suddenly they just have, like, a romantic interaction, like, halfway through the movie. But also on that point, Sigourney Weaver says something, like, I forget what it is, but it's, like, saying, like, she's not pure. Like, that's how she frames. It's right near the yeah. beginning of the movie. She's so it's definitely like, racist. Right. Yeah. So like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I think you just no, just to be like, just to clarify that, like, so I think mm-hmm. you're right that that is what she's reacting to, but it's like, it's and like the framing that of that is scene, so funny. <laughs> the framing of that scene where like the point, the point I feel like is supposed to be like she just doesn't get their love, like she's just against their <laughs> love. <laughs> That's <Okay>. obscene. <laughs> like, like. <laughs> Kind of? <laughs> you're kind yeah. of right, yeah. I think, I think you're right. It's, it's you know, age gap discourse kind of is like, if they're consenting adults, we can't really say anything. You can have your opinion on that and be like, that's kind of weird. 
Um, But when it does come down to, like, he was a mentor figure, that gets into territory of, like, uh, yeah, I don't know, guys. To be clear, it's not to say that you can't depict such a relationship in a film. You absolutely can. But this movie wholeheartedly and uncritically endorses it without exploring, yeah. like, any angle of it. Like, and it renders Maya as just, like, like a tool, essentially. Like Ma- as, as head over heels in love with this guy who, as far as I know, has no redeeming qualities except, I guess, knowledge about plants. Yeah. Maybe you and like she, that, but, you know. She, she also doesn't know anything about him, like, until she finds out he's a Nazi, essentially. Which like yeah. this this the first scene where she finds out I know we're jumping all over the place, but this is just like No, it's fine, this works. The first scene where she finds out that he's a Nazi, like and she is just walking casually beside him and she's like, I saw your tattoos. Like just like <laughs> out, and then he's just like, Okay, well, like those are my tattoos and she's like, Were you trying? Did you want me to see them? And then he's like, Let's go over here. And then, in fairness, in the next scene, she finally is, like, upset. She starts yelling at him. But then we arrive at, after he does nothing, like, nothing to change this conflict. Like, he doesn't have to prove anything to her. He, like, says a couple lines back at the motel or whatever. Um, Like, one of the hardest scenes to watch I've seen in a while, in which she comes into his room and is like, I really want to take my clothes off. No, no, like, that I was, really oh, want to take my clothes off. That's actually so fucking hard. Okay, one detail yeah. I like of this scene, however, when she takes her clothes off, she, like a normal person would, takes her shirt off first, he takes his pants off first. That's a that's a decent little detail there, that he's he's actually yeah. more protective of what's on his torso than what's yeah. than his genitals, that I guess. That makes sense. Which, yeah. which um, is, like, a nice detail is... there, but a bad scene. <laughs> Yeah, I I want to touch on two things. One, the scene that you mentioned where they're inside kind of like a cafeteria area, let's say, of the garden after she acknowledged that she saw the tattoos. That is like the only real scene in this movie where her reaction seems genuine. Like she seems yeah. sick of like what she's seen and she's like really quite conflicted and I was like, "Oh, we're acting now?" We, yeah. we like like I don't think it's her fault at all but I think like that is the scene where maybe it's just like like it's in the culture where like this is really real I don't know but so that scene is like actually good she like th- throws the water and like throws it the chair like I was like oh this is great um and ultimately I just the the thing with the I'm still stuck on the age gap thing like it feels like this was written by, like, a, a horny 80-year-old man who was like, man, wouldn't it be nice to bone down with some younger chicks? Like, that's what sure. that's what it feels like. Um, because literally, like, the girl is Maya, has almost no character, and is just, like, no. infatuated with this guy who there's nothing there. Um, and I will say, picking up your point of this is the one time where she seems like she has any kind of character... That ties into, I have a point here where I said everyone acts the same, and Mm. I mean that everyone talks and acts exactly the same, and this scene is, like, an anomaly. Like, this is one in which, like, she didn't. So, I was thinking the whole movie, I was like, okay, is that, like, the style? Like, the style is that, like, everyone kind of talks in this, like, 
kind of monotone sort of like languid almost way where like Mm. they don't seem to care about anything that they're talking about but then like we get to this scene and it's like no okay the characters do care about things so like why is that only present sometimes like yeah and i think if you revisit or well for you visit the former two schrader films you'll see that like characters do sound different and they do act different because they're actual characters um but yeah just like like the girl is like throwing herself at him uh not great uh i was gonna say oh right you said that he so this question that schrader keeps toying with in his films are can we be forgiven for our past and that's what this like informal trilogy is about Mm-hmm. men who did bad things varying degrees of bad things this is maybe the most vile like card counter was pretty bad but like this is getting like now we're like really bad territory of bad things people could have done and also like simultaneously the least amount of trying to forgive <laughs> oneself or move forward like we start the movie and we're just at some point supposed to realize that he is not a Nazi anymore. That the tattoos <laughs> yeah. are remnants of it's guys. It's not me anymore. That was my <laughs> past self. Yeah. And like, like I think that's why he has gardeners who work for him who are people of color because it's just that's the only signal it's, we're supposed to get that yeah. he's cool with people now. <laughs> that he's yeah. not a Nazi. Like he doesn't ever yeah. try to fix himself. He doesn't take any steps. No. to change himself he stays the same the whole movie it's other people who have to change to realize he's okay now yes. he's being rehabilitated and That's anyone crazy. who isn't treating him like that is portrayed as unreasonable like anyone like, yeah. like the extent to which this movie explores the theme of redemption is just like nah that's the old me like that's like that's really like like other than and like like you said like it doesn't show like steps he had to take it doesn't show like how his past followed him it doesn't show like how like some people are never going to forgive and maybe they're right for that maybe you can forgive yourself but you can't expect other people to forgive you like like ideas like that though it might be interesting to explore um but just nothing there it's also like the way that it links like, this movie is clearly trying to link it to the phenomenon of someone said something racist on Twitter ten years ago that is being released. Because there's a specific mm, line yeah. where okay. Maya, Maya is talking about, like, they're talking about, like, well, everything is permanent online. It's like, you're, like, it's yes. like you're yeah. you're stuck in you're stuck in the past. Like, it's just, like, a permanent re- representation of who you are. And then Sigourney Weaver says something like, I'm sure you've posted some bullshit on there, Maya. It doesn't say like that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and, and she's yeah. just like, she's just like, damn, I have. <laughs> like, that's like the end of the scene. <laughs> that was, I think that scene, the implication was she knew about, that was the scene where she's like, I know about you two. I know you guys fucked, you know? Well, there's and that so she's too. She's trying to like, because she but, was like, I'm sure you posted some lewd photographs on the internet, huh? Whore. Like, like she was just like, slut shaming her kind of thing but i do i do think the other implication there is like the other thematic point is supposed to be like even if she used to do that that's the old her which is just like how even if nazi guy used to be a nazi that's the old him like i i do think that that's the linkage it's trying to make there which is very dumb and like yeah that's that is like a how a 15 year old 
like would address that problem in that simplistic of term as someone did something that is maybe questionable but they don't do that thing anymore so problem solved like yeah he doesn't he doesn't even do anything to make uh almost called her by or them by their real name maya he doesn't do anything to make maya forgive him she throws herself and takes her clothes off in front of him like that's it like it's resolved because she gets over it which is insane and there's other things that like like not only like if you thought him being a nazi was bad enough like just having racist ideas and wanting to tattoo that on your skin like that's one thing he also murdered nine people or something crazy we're just like not even gonna address that or he at some point he turned on them and i'm not even sure we know why again this thing like he has a very problematic past but we're not going to see there's there's one scene that implies like the slightest amount it's when he kills a guy in his home Mm -hmm. and then he sees presumably the guy's wife and child and he doesn't kill them because is that and that's because he has a wife and daughter perhaps maybe i think that's that's supposed to be what it is and he just suddenly gets his humanity in a flashback. Like, that's the kind of weird choices <laughs> yeah. this movie likes to make. Um, and also, like, the daughter thing. So we know he has a daughter out there. So it's weird that that's a thing that we have to, like, contend with. He has a daughter, and he feels bad about that, and that's something he has to live with, that he'll never see his daughter again. And then, lo and behold, he forms a relationship with a girl who is probably not much older than his daughter right. and the fact that he is uh, canoodling with Sigourney Weaver who is his boss there's clearly weird dynamics go- like weird power dynamics like- and like uh, also like uh, one second just yeah, not just power dynamics but like um, like daddy issues kind of thing yeah. maybe like where our mommy daddy issues I don't know like like just weird things going on and we're just gonna be like nope that's normal that's okay and clearly uh rich thematic ground that again not even gonna bother dealing with yeah yeah um oh fuck i don't remember what i was gonna say but i i do have another point which is that i have uh because i couldn't remember it well i've struggled to articulate why i think jojo rabbit is a very dumb movie and Mm -hmm. i think that it is dumb in the exact same way that this movie is because this movie uses like to a to an arguably lesser extent but almost the same thing actually where like this movie's argument and this is the very on the nose metaphor where it's like a nazi seed a seed will be a nazi if it's raised under nazi conditions if you take a plant if you take a plant and the basically the argument is that like you take a seed and it has this potential but how it turns out uh depends on like its conditioning and like what it's subjected to and it's like maybe it can be righted and it can be rebuilt like they replant the garden at the end you can replant your garden that's like the idea you can change even nazi seeds can turn to a non-nazi seed and so it's yeah, this, sure. <laughs> it's this view of like it's this view of bigotry and like vile violence like horrible oppressive mm. hatred that completely shifts the responsibility of it to no one because if that's true then nobody is truly hateful like no nobody is like that and so where is this coming from 
And if you don't have another place to put the blame on, such as like an institution, if you like examine institutions that force people into like uh, like filter bubbles that uh, and like um, echo chambers of hatred and stuff, like maybe there's something there. Ultimately, people are responsible for what they're doing, though. And so, like by by saying like no, no one is born hate, no one is born hateful, and they just like learn that shit, and they can just be like not. Like, it's the same thing as how in Jojo Rabbit, they're like, the Nazi general is, like, gay. Mm. And they're like, gay, but, like, he was just taught to be a Nazi general. <laughs> he was taught to hide himself. Do you know what he would have had to do to become a general in, in the Third Reich? Like, what are the things he would have had to do? And so you're, yeah. you're not blaming him for that? You're not going to hold him to fault? Like, that is, a, that is a stupid fucking analysis of, like, hatred. And that's the same yeah. thing going on in this movie. Spitting. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it's it's the fact that, like, we're just going to have a movie where former Nazi is just s- sad the whole time and has to be forgiven for past actions. And I think what would have been more interesting is someone who hasn't changed you know or is you know he has these violent impulses and all of that is just resolved when we get there like i think the stuff with the drug dealer is an example of where the violence returns but even that he is not violent because he chooses the other like the higher ground in both cases i think a better movie would have been where he actually does do the violent things for once like me like endorsing violent i would think this movie yeah. should have been more violent because yeah it's rather tame for a movie that is talking about hatred and someone who has done terrible things you know it's also it's like it's uneven like view of like who gets to be redeemed like the drug dealer who is nowhere near as bad as a person as our main character to be a hundred percent clear even though he's clearly done awful things, but it's like he gets kneecapped and that's, that's the way it has to go. But like, you know what I mean? Like if he really learned that lesson, would he not like, there's a weird thing going on with like gender. Like they're trying to do some kind of commentary on gender where it's like, Mm. so the reason that he turns from violence is because he sees like a woman, he sees a woman and a child he has that line where he says, I had never thought about women specifically until I met Maya and Sigourney Weaver or whatever. Whatever the fuck that is. I know. And then, so funny, by the way. I never thought about women. <laughs> what? You had a wife. You had yeah. a wife and child. What do you mean you didn't think about women? That doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. like sorry, if, that's, if this is a character who isn't a yeah. heterosexual male, like... Like there's there's reasons why that could be true, but not this situation. The yeah. character you've created that doesn't make sense. Sorry, yeah, continue and, your point. And so, and then the end, the people who he exacts violence against, who I think the movie, I think we can agree, the movie's framing this as justified that he like kneecaps yeah. these two guys. Like those are men, and so it it is almost this idea of like. I, I think this movie, I think you can make a good argument, and I don't have the whole thing pieced together, that this movie is, like, just really infantilizing women as well as just an object in which, like, 
men can base their morality off of like and like this like not just that but they're either an object or like a bitch like a right. terrible domineering evil person like those are your two options there's yeah. not i guess i guess there's the there's his nice gardening lady but like his is um she seems more like of an equal to him but i think she does work for him that woman yeah. who has like a couple of yeah, scenes yeah. with him that's like the closest to a real person, but she doesn't have anything to do with the movie. Like but, she doesn't yeah, involve herself in the plot, so that doesn't most, really count. The most women can do is just be a catalyst for men to change. Like women just like exist for the for yeah. the whims of men in this world, and whereas like yeah, and like violence. Not that I'm saying the movie should have gotten violent against women. <laughs> That's not the point I'm making, but like. I, I yeah. do think like it's cl- it's pretty clear that it, it it's just so bizarre that the impetus for change is just like he saw a woman and so like that changes him but like he can he can brutalize a man at the end it's just it's a weird like I don't it's an inconsistent kind of strange mm-hmm. view of I think I think it's an, an under an, an underbaked gender thing going on here yeah um i'm thinking about the the scene where the nazis or the no the drug dealers ruin the flowers and put the nazi sign on his how do they know how do they know does he know does he know does he know because like he never said that i guess he said the racist word so maybe they put two and two together but that's a stretch Cause like when they when he first confronts them, they call him Proud Boy, and I took that at that point. I was like, okay, he's yeah. clearly he's clearly racist. He kind of looks like a racist, so like, <laughs> sure, like I get I get that they're just calling yeah. him that. But then the implication later is that like they just know he's a Nazi, and like how do they and know like, that? <laughs> and it's not like they could have learned it from anyone because yeah. Maya didn't know up until after that scene. And then didn't have contact with them, as far as we know, right? Yeah. Like she couldn't have told them that he is a Nazi. And why so would like, she? Because she clearly is pining after. If if the Gonzalez one, if he knew that, if like he was, if he was involved in the Proud Boy stuff, that would have explained why he knew. And ire against you following. No, it <laughs> would Okay, the main drug dealer, the the one who I think is white. Yeah. If he was one of the Proud Boys, that would explain why he knew and why, um, like also would be the Chekhov's gun for the earlier thing. Right. But like they just didn't do that. Right. You know? That does make sense. But yeah, like I but don't know why they knew that. Did at we all. miss him in a or flashback? Where they is he in a flashback so. or something? Yeah, they also no, don't. I, they don't. They don't treat each other like they know each other when they talk. No, I'm just saying that's what it should have been. That's clearly no, the I, yeah. like, kind of like the obvious quick fix is like yeah. he does know, and it's because they have a shared history. Um, uh, I just looked at this on my notes, and I, I do want to talk about it. it was this the see this uh, the no conflict thing we kind of already touched on? But man, when he asked that cop, "Can you bully the drug dealers for me?" and the the cop is just like. You know what? <laughs> you deserve this. You've been yeah. a good boy. You deserve one for you. And and I guess he probably lied, right? Because I, I don't think he did that. 
And then the other, well, the, the new guys, like, that didn't happen? No, I think it must have happened, because when he goes and approaches the drug dealer, he says, this is your second warning, and the drug dealer is like, yeah, as if he did receive the first warning. Okay, so... <laughs> So like, <laughs> uh, why why would you just accept the whims again there's potential for commentary like if you per se wanted to interrogate the morality of the police department and perhaps some intermingling of ideologies between sure the Nazi people and the police people. Yeah. That's a that's something to explore. And instead it, it seems like no, he just thinks this is a cool dude who's actually changed. Again, people just accepting that someone has changed. This is a movie where someone has changed in the past and everyone else just needs to get on the same page. Yeah. We don't have to learn any hard truths except that for us, I guess, the hard truth is maybe this Nazi person isn't a Nazi anymore. But I don't think that's enough. Yeah, also, just to loop back to the writing, like, there are some, like, like hilariously on-the-nose things where I'm just, like... Okay, so, like, one thing is, like, she just does drugs. Well, this isn't on-the-nose, but this is just, like, the a superficiality thing. Like, she just mm-hmm. does drugs. Like, not, not heroin. She's not yeah. addicted to, like, crack. She just does nebulous drugs. And they're always like, like 80s, 80s Reagan era, like, war on drugs, capital D drugs. Yeah. Non-specific. Yeah. Very clearly, like, like, I think this movie just shows, like, the importance of research. Yeah. <laughs> like, or putting effort into building the world of your story. Sorry, continue your thought, though. There, like, yeah, I, I forget. There's one line in particular where it's like, it's like, what? I'm sure you're doing drugs. Throw those drugs out the car. And I know that I know that they might be in your waistband or whatever. And then she throws them yeah. on. She's like, fuck. <laughs> Which is like the first time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the first yeah. time she acts even a little erratically in the movie because when like when it says she's on drugs, it's like, is she? Like, what about the way she's acting suggests that that's what's happening here? <laughs> like, she's just like dizzy and stuff and i was like i thought you might have like uh what's the the um, like vertigo like she acts like she has vertigo and she's like whoa like lucille from arrested development like that's what that was giving me also yeah the, the drug thing was a very strange choice for this movie i don't know why they decided to throw that in it it, it feels also, bad. Like, I feel like maybe won- you shouldn't have done that. It also you winds know? up being another mechanism for him to just infantilize her. Like, he just becomes, yeah. like, her sponsor that is like, nope, no drugs, you're gonna throw up now. Nope, sleep in this bed, you're gonna do exactly what I say. Like, at no point does this feel like a relationship. Even after mm-hmm. they have that very awkward sex scene and drive through a tunnel of flowers. Um, Driving <laughs> through a tunnel of flowers was something else. Yeah. Um, like, there's been some interesting, like, scenes of magical kind of surrealism in these movies that he does, mm-hmm. but this just came out of nowhere. Like, it was yeah. a hard cut into the scene. Was it's it a dream, weirdly. I guess? It's I think weirdly. it must have been a dream. Sorry, yeah? It's also, they act so, like, out of character. Like, they just start screaming out the window, and it's like, maybe Maya does that. Maybe. 
but like he, our our main Nazi boy certainly does not start screaming out the window, and it feels so weird when he does. Like, I think I think the idea is I think it's a dream or like this is a a, a surrealist expressionist vis- yeah. visualization of their connection, and so she's kind of more carefree and he's learning to let loose, which is sure. again not at all what the rest of the movie is about because <laughs> he is not like uptight in that way yeah (laughs) Uh, maybe uptight in terms of racial ideology but um and she is like she doesn't like teach him how to party like that's not what this is or like teach him how to let loose like that's not what this is um and it just feels like 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 he's again like the ai parody of himself like i need this in the movie there needs to be a scene where weird shit happens so people can talk about it it didn't feel like it was grounded in anything no. real. And okay, so to move on to other on the nose things, the use of t-shirts in this movie is hilarious. I don't know if you picked up on this, but when Maya first arrives <laughs> and our implication, uh-huh. all we know about her at this point is like she's like falling in with the wrong crowd, and she pulls yeah. up in oh, this yeah, like tie-dye right. shirt that says like "Good Vibes" on it, <laughs> which is no, just like it was. It was good vibes only, or bad vibes only like something like that sorry something like that but then okay so then there are two other very funny shirts that are just like on those like so okay so how do we get to the core of this character oh their t-shirt so in one of the <laughs> white <laughs> in one of the white supremacist flashbacks one of the characters is just wearing a shirt that says in bold white text white power <laughs> like, yeah yeah it's just a really in case you weren't sure I know the other one you're gonna say, the cop, right? Yeah, so the cop who is like the good guy, who's like a progressive guy who believes in rehabilitation, yeah. is wearing a shirt that is like the future No, it's we should all be feminists. It's that's yeah, the yeah. shirt he's wearing. It's like Why would you wear that? What why would you be wearing this? <laughs> Just like, oh man. Is that traitor like crowning himself as feminist? Because this movie is doing anything but that. It's certainly um, yeah. Okay, we talked about Flower Highway. Uh, more like Highway. Um, nice. Maybe that's what it's actually think, about. They, but they just both are on... They're on Nebula's Maybe she did make him let... Like, can you imagine <laughs> if she made him do the drugs? That's yeah, way no, more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I think about the cop. When that happened, I was like, oh, he has stakes now. That should have been way earlier. That should have been act one shit. Like, here is the cop who could ruin everything because he knows. He knows. Does he know? Um, So I think that's, again, yeah. This movie is really bad. Sorry, that was weird. I'm just trying to think of, like, anything we haven't touched on. I guess, okay, I'll get to my one last point. So the last two other movies... Trader's been creating these characters who journal a lot. And even, apparently, the taxi driver guy journals, too. But I, I forget about that. So, sure. um, They like to journal. Now, first Reformed, the journaling makes total sense and is like ingrained in the character. I won't spoil much about that. But it's the, the conceit is it's a character who's having a crisis of faith. And he's kind of like... I, I see it as like he's turning inward instead of seeking help. Like going to a therapist, for example. He's sure. putting his ideas down on paper as 
what he thinks is therapy, but I think is more like an echo chamber, which furthers his descent into not madness, but like that idea, right? Sure. I think it really works there. And in each subsequent film, it makes less sense. Card Counter, there's like, I don't think there's any explanation at all of why he's journaling. He just journals. And I think it's Schrader's kind of lazy, sorry, it's lazy way of getting characters to have voiceovers, yeah. which is also not necessary. There's a scene in Card Counter that I found, I found was so funny where um, I, I could not tell you what the context was, but Ty Sheridan says something that Oscar Isaac's character disagrees with and Oscar Isaac makes like the like he's a great actor so he makes a face at him and he's like the fuck did you just say and the narration goes the fuck did you just say like <laughs> like exactly like doubling down on what is so also, obvious by the look like acting exists for a reason is the idea there that he he wrote what the fuck did you say in his journal <laughs> i do not know i feel like a guess but like it's it's character narration slash journal i always see the narration as journaling because when he journals he narrates right. and then he narrates the rest no, of it yeah. so i think i don't know it must have been journaling but yeah it was literally like i know i know what he's thinking because he just acted yeah thank you very much like it, oscar isaac did a great face to convey exactly the meaning i was like why would you do that so that there it was dumb not explained this one they try to explain it he says in a throwaway line he says this was great for my therapy process or like loneliness or something like he says why yeah. he does it and it was because of um being in the wit witness protection program or whatever and yeah. i think like first of all that's introduced way too late i've already been asking for over an hour why he's journaling and yeah. what he is journaling about <laughs> never makes sense well, it's, it's sometimes about his personal life and then sometimes gardening but the gardening stuff is like stuff he learned in a textbook yeah and then well, i'm asking why why are you journaling that well the function in the script is that the journal is just an opportunity to just tell the audience things and in a very exactly. on the nose way so like he can deliver the metaphor of redemption and change and growth and like being raised and conditioned in a certain way through the through the journal like that's what a, a large point of portion of it is um and then it's like yeah i've like because no one gives any information away with their performance because that's how this movie's directed that no one acts no one cares about anything like that the only way we can learn about like what characters are thinking and feeling is just like being told and so like that like that's the mm -hmm. function the journal winds up having in this movie i think you're right about like the metaphor delivery and like there's there's such an obvious way of conveying gardening things and using them yeah. as metaphors uh and they i think maybe there's one too many because there's several scenes where it's just talking about the process of gardening but he's yeah. explaining it to someone who doesn't know so which if he's journaling that doesn't make sense because he knows so why would he be telling himself what he already right. knows now they've established that he is mentoring maya very clearly the way like you deliver this information is he's teaching her but then why is he journaling about gardening and sometimes like rudimentary gardening stuff there was something so early on where he 
explains something super obvious. And I was like, I didn't even need to hear this. I know yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but like, so there, the like doesn't make any sense. There's actually, now that I'm thinking about it, there actually is one scene I like in this movie that there might be more than one, but there's one scene I distinctly remember mm. liking. And it's when it's near right around after when Maya has first arrived and he's showing them the dirt like he gets them all that to like, pick team. up the dirt and he gets them to smell it <clears throat> and he actually says some really he tells an interesting story about it where it's like you smell that you smell that's plants that's animals that's nature that's soot that's whatever and then he goes in to talk about i forget exactly what it is but he says like from from like the industrial era this soil was like rendered uh uh, like nutritionless, like there's nothing left in it. Devoid of right, yeah. and so and then they tried to use artificial fertilizers, and that only made it worse. And so that's actually an interesting idea of like the conditions of being raised and how like there's artificial imposition on natural tendencies of human. And you could even in a better movie, you could link that to like institutionalized and like highly highly industrialized like society like creating like certain types of people like you you and creating the conditions for this type of people to grow like if you if you actually make an effort to link it to that idea then that there's potential for something interesting there you still need to do more i think but uh, but so like i like that scene and I, I actually noted it down like that's a good scene uh and then they don't do anything with it so it like it ultimately doesn't mean much, yeah. but yeah. I think also that scene is reminds me that again in a movie devoid of conflict, like they've just sanded off the edges for this movie until there's like nothing. Maya is totally okay with gardening, like yeah. Again, this is easy, easy setup. The, the dumbest filmmaker, or uh, sorry, that's this that's mean, but like like yeah. the most obvious setup is guy who doesn't want to mentor someone for you know the obvious reason is he's racist but yeah. maybe that's too simple uh and person who doesn't want to be mentored and they have to learn maybe maybe he avoids it because it is so obvious but like they're just so okay with what they're doing and but, there's nothing else to latch on to anyways so and if if you're gonna subvert like the tip the archetypical story you need to do it in a way that gives something and produces something yeah. else like some sort of other thematic resonance or or conflict like yeah which is I, mean, I think do. with i think the journaling too if you i had an idea was that if you needed the journal thing for your informal trilogy like i think the idea of like <clears throat> like a like a log like a lab log would sure. make more sense like progress on the flowers and periodically do that i don't maybe there's not a great explanation if he was doing that why he starts talking about his personal life in there but i yeah. mean the journal it seems superfluous to begin with like why are you doing that at all um, we can probably move on from writing. Uh, I guess the only other thing I have is cinematography. It was nice sometimes. It was nice sometimes. Um, I don't like the... It's hard to put my finger on exactly what it is, but the color grading of this movie, I am not a fan of, and I see it in a lot of other things. And it's actually like... I think it has to do with the way they contrast it. I think that 
the shadows are pulled down a lot. I could be wrong, but that's what it seems like to me that the shadows have been pulled down a lot and like the color is also kind of muted, which I don't think it's not the end of the world because like they're desaturated, yeah. Yeah, there are like spots of color that I think work well, but it has this like really it winds up having this like the word I'm thinking of is grainy, but that that's a misleading word because I don't mean like film grain, but like it winds up having like this like gritty kind of look, and I and it like things Master. look like things look dirty, and I don't really and I just don't like it. It's just a personal thing. I see it. I particularly see it in like kind of like gr- like the modern gritty action movie often colors their movies this mm-hmm. way. Um, like there's particularly one with. Um, is her name Allison Janning? Allison Janning? Janning? Allison Janning. She was in she was in one recently, like a, a, a more or less subpar uh, action movie where she's like a like retired CIA agent or whatever that has to track down this girl sure. or whatever. And it was it was colored the same way. And I don't every time I see it, I'm like, no, I don't like that. Um, so I I, yeah. But and then also in terms I, of like. <laughs> Sorry, to just to compliment the things I like. What I like is that there's a lot of... And I think that this blends with, like... Because I'm fairly unfamiliar with this style, but I think it blends with, like, the transcendental style where there's a lot of just characters, like, we get to see them, like, really, like, walk all the way up a path and come through it and sit down and, like, nothing really happens, but we just get to see that whole journey and it, it like, creates this kind of not hypnotic but like sort of like languid like flow like unfolding and unraveling sort of feel and i i do like that i like that um there's a lot of just like walking through the garden of like a really just slow shot that's just following them uh and so that that's something i appreciate um but it's interesting that you 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 bring up transcendental style which um he wrote a book on trader wrote a book on and he does very clearly in First Reformed, but I'd say with each film, it feels less and less like that style. Sure. Like, well, I'm not very familiar I, with how you do it, so I, that's just my impression based mm-hmm. off this being my only Schrader film. A lot of well, the the idea of transcendental. I'll try to be brief on this: is it's slow, and not a lot is happening. So mm-hmm. often the idea is. They compose a, like a very. They're often very beautiful frames, and it's usually in that aspect ratio that First Reformed is in, and the action inside the scene is pretty muted. Like character characters aren't super. Um, the acting isn't super like emotion forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all all kind of like muted uh, emotionally, and a lot of it is on either sticks um, like tripods for yep. the, the layman, or if there is dolly movement, very slow, very controlled. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, having seen this that and the movie, card counter, this movie generally this does like, that. Like that is that is true about this okay. movie that it's it's on sticks or dolly. Like, I would say like ninety five, if not a hundred percent of the time. I can't I, think okay. of a shot that isn't. It it might be transcendental. I I, it it feels less like the transcendental films that I've seen. Not sure. just Raider. I I watched Ida from 2013. It won maybe Best International Feature. That's a really good transcendental one, I think. Mm. Um, anyways, uh, one shot that I really liked was 
in one of the motel rooms. I think it's before the the I want you to take your clothes off scene. Uh, like just moments before, and she's sitting alone in her room, and the lights through the blinds are lowering. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. It creates this really nice light. And it's like an pattern. infinite. It's like an infinite kind of thing. Oh, it's, it's almost so like a surrealist nice. moment where it's just yeah, it just yeah. keeps going even longer than a window would realistically like. And like I have us. no idea. There's no reason for that to happen. Like there's no logical light that is doing that as yeah. far as I can think of. Like nothing would be doing that. It would be yeah. horizontal, right? And I think that it does so much. It it really spoke to me. I was like, oh, that's a really nice shot. Yeah, I'm I'm sure the the moment is just a character compl- contemplating. Like it's not much deeper than that, but it looks yeah. so nice. You put a lot of effort into that, so a plus for that. Yeah, and it's like uh, you can also else? even say like Sorry. this is like a like a almost like a world upside down kind of thing. Like she feels like probably almost disoriented, and like this person she's put her faith in is like kind of upended it. So like just a subtle thing of like the light isn't behaving as it should like i think is actually Mm. like perhaps like linking it to that idea but yeah i know i generally like i will say i i am a big proponent of using tripods a lot i like i find that i'm often like very frustrated at the things i watch when like a shot is needlessly handheld like it's just it's handheld in a in a very in a very frankly pathetic attempt to make something feel raw and like to mm. try to, to try to do this like cinema verite like kind of thing or sometimes like I haven't watched many of these films but I know like the Dogma films also kind of do that like the Lars von Trier I haven't seen any of those I've, yeah. I haven't seen any of them but I know that that's like part of it but like I think most of the modern examples I see of this are poorly used and so I do like I, I like to see just like a well composed um, a well composed shot on sticks although I don't think the composition is insanely great on, on no, this movie. I, 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 and maybe that's why I'm not picking up on that transcendental as much because I feel like the framing isn't quite as considered perhaps whereas yeah. First Reformed is like like you know to be a bit cliche about it like one of those every frame is a painting kind of thing sure. like every every shot is like very well thought out and this I feel less strongly about yeah. yeah yeah no i i think that um like there's most shots are like at like chester eye level for example like that was something i noticed like the camera is often at the same vertical level and like that's just that's yeah. kind of a boring thing and yeah i don't know i don't have that much to say about it but no uh do you have any anything else to say about this movie i've kind of run my course no i've i think i've run mine as well Okay, well, all our courses are run. So, Aiden, we have a new, uh, not a new, uh, same old segment, but yep. our favorite segment, classic segment. What is that segment? So the move, the podcast is called Predator vs. Movies. Uh, we've done the movie part. Now it's time to get into the Predator. We asked the question, would this movie be better if the Predator from the movie Predator was in it? Um, maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, yeah. give us something. You yeah. Know, like, to- <laughs> Can the predator be where. redeemed? You getting into the idea like predators have this whole culture of, of hunting and killing. Can a predator overcome this deeply ingrained tradition? If he was tradition? learned, if he learned these traditions, and he if he just grew up like that, you know, like his gardening. parents just taught him. Can you really blame him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know>? um, <laughs> yeah. It's it's his culture. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. This is that's dark. 
yeah. and then he tries to marry a human. That's obscene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's like the predator queen predator who's like click 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 click. Yeah, yeah. Subtitled. That's obscene. Yeah. Uh, we have another segment. Peter usually delivers this one. No, it's, it's Sigourney one. Weaver from... It's Ripley. Ripley who comes That's in. Alien. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, but it is the extended Predator-Alien yeah. universe. Yeah. Because yeah. of Predator versus Alien. Yes, you're right. right. Um, we have another segment called Predator's Picks. Basically, we're going to tell you what we've been watching, listening to, reading, etc. Yeah. Aiden, what have you for us this week? So I do have the what wire down here, but now that I'm thinking of it, I don't know. I don't know if I actually talked about this. I finished season four. I don't know if I talked about that last week. I you can't finished remember. a season, so that m- might have been it. Okay, well then I have not watched the show since last <laughs> week. If that is the case, uh, okay. So I finished season four good show, last week. Great show. Um, yeah, I did talk about it. I don't remember it. Uh, I also directly after watching Master Gardener um, turned on the movie Fargo by the Coen Brothers. A that's a good much movie. better movie. That's a, <laughs> Have you seen that before? A, no, I've never seen it. I, I've I think I'm gonna go through Cohen, the Cohen catalog as 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 it is because I haven't seen very finish, many of them. Did you finish the Spielberg Lynch catalog? No, but, no, because I always I my, the, I'm never gonna be able to do that. Like just sit through mm. one for like because I have to jump around. Um, okay. But yeah, I might I might stick to a couple Cohen movies here and there. But yeah, this is a great movie. A lot of uh, a lot of prairie humor, I will say. A lot of prairie based yeah. humor in this movie, which. As a as a prairie boy myself, I do appreciate that. Like some, I'd say some more very... mid Midwest. I would say more than prairie per se, because they are no, like... they're they're like specific. Okay. I actually, I think a lot of like, um, and also specific to Minnesota. I actually think a lot of a lot yeah. of like both the themes and um, both the thematic resonance in the movie. I use that phrase all the time, and I hate saying it, but whatever. Um, and the comedy, I think, come from how esoteric like it's it is like this minnesotan it's like this minnesotan community that is like the most average it could be that through a series of events spirals into this almost like american mythic thing so it's like this Mm -hmm. transposition of the like an american story within the american mythos onto this like regular minnesotan prairie town but then there are specific like prairie jokes like spoil a bit of a spoiler here but there's a character who is hiding money along the side of a road at one point and he buries it in the snow and he looks one way and it's just like flat prairie for as far as you can see looks the other way flat prairie as far as you can see puts the tiniest little trowel up and then walks away and like that's hilarious because he's never going to find that and like that is like <laughs> like that's a prairie specific joke and that that's also, really funny wasn't he using I might be wrong, but wasn't he using like a car ice scraper? Like I don't think it was an actual trowel. Like it was very. Oh, like, maybe yeah. I think I think it was an ice scraper, which is I think very. Midwest yeah, and there's or, also or prairie. There's a funny there's a funny joke near the beginning where Frances McDormand's character like goes out and like her car her car doesn't start. And she's like, oh, we need to jump it, like or whatever. Yeah. But and they're that, also talking in like, like yeah. they're Midwest. <laughs> I can't do it, but in their like, but it's it's not. It's not just Midwest; it's Minnesota specifically that accent. It's even very, though, yeah. Even though Fargo is actually North Dakota, but the, most of the movie doesn't take place in Fargo. Interesting. It's very yeah. regional, and I like um, I like in that one, William H Macy just being like the most loser man you've mm-hmm. ever met, who can't yeah. like, who like shouldn't he, be in that situation. Like he he should never be in that situation, which I think mm-hmm. is part of the greatness of the movie. 
because like like he's like the like you said like the most average man but then he if i'm remembering correctly he contracts people to kill his wife because oh no it's to kidnap his wife because it was because a scheme. Because her dad to... is rich and he needs money. Yeah. Because yeah. he's because he's just such a big loser. And I yeah. and I like how like average Joe who turns evil or like you know just this dumb shit is contrasted by like Francis McDormand also being like kind of average Joe police yeah. person. And but she's the good side of that. Right. And she's very good at her job. Fran- Francis McDormand is great in this movie as well. Great. Great. Yeah. Great great performance here um yeah that was a great movie very funny would recommend nice have you seen a serious man no that's a coen brothers one i like that one a lot that was 2011 or so and it's what the hell is his name it's that well, guy who's in everything but Tim Blake he was Nelson. in bones and all hmm? oh oh i, no, I thought was in, i thought yeah it was the bones and all doctor strange guy who was also in Men in Black 3 as the unicorn guy. And in fact, that is what I will use to find his I name. But I will say that um, No Country Michael for Old Men... Sh- Michael Stuhlbarg is his name. Okay. But No Country for Old Men is perhaps one of my favorite movies, I think. I haven't seen it in a long time. But I, when I saw that movie, I like loved it. And so I, I, w- I, I did see it as a teenager, so I'd want to rewatch it. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say A Serious Man is a good one. That's Michael Stuhlbarg and like a different version of losing faith in God or questioning one's place in the sure. universe, but from a very like Jewish perspective, mm. um, whereas usually it's like your country priest kind of thing. So yeah, kind of contrasts nicely with um, First Reformed, actually. Um, can't think of... I've already... I've seen Raising Arizona. I didn't actually care for that one, but um, I have some picks that I've seen nice. this week. Uh, I guess I'll start with the obvious. So yeah, I rewatched First Reformed and Card Counter this week in anticipation for this. Uh, First Reformed is great. Uh, I'm not sure it's perfect, but I, I I really like it. I think it's well thought out. Um, I think also what I realized in this rewatch was that it's not really it's not a movie that's like about eco-terrorism or supporting that ideology whereas how to blow up a pipeline is it's using that as a backdrop to explore a character it's a character study and the character happens to become involved in that kind of community or like like that ideology but it's not endorsing that it's not not to say that it's bad but like you know like it's it's not about that it's a backdrop and so uh that's something i had to kind of switch in my mind and i think it makes it maybe stronger uh like in my mind that i think it's not about that and i I just had to realize that um not to say that movies about eco-terrorism and whether or not that's good are not good movies how to blow up a pipeline good movie anyways card counter bad movie boring nothing happens and I only really like Oscar Isaac in that movie. Another movie that I watched was uh, I finished the Rocky trilogy or uh, more than trilogy, Nineology. Like it's it's like a Star Wars at this point. Um, So, and I I I did it like a Star Wars order too. I I started with Creed and then went back and then did some hopping around. So I finished with uh, Rocky Balboa, which isn't a terrible spot to end. Um, I'm sure the Creed movies are kind of better, but. 
it's it kind of sets up where Creed starts, um, which I mean obviously wasn't the intent of the movie, but um, kind of like like I found that it was the first film that tries to do Rocky one again and that succeeded. Sure. So he's he's back in Philly and he's not the rich and famous Rocky he was after the first movie. He's really just like an average Joe kind of like former hero and he's struggling with real life and sort of stuff. So I thought I thought it was a lot better from five and four. Uh, also, I think it's better than three, but um, I, I think two is still better. That's kind of a silly ranking game, but uh, sure. yeah, it was it was all right. It was a pretty good movie. Uh, I watched so so that's done. Uh, now I'm doing the Mission Impossible rewatch ahead of Dead nice. Reckoning. Uh, so I did go to Mission Impossible two. Really bad. Uh, I've seen yeah, that one before. Yeah. Um, I just did not remember how bad it was. They really took like Mission Impossible one, which is spy heist paranoia thriller. And turned it into like action romance. Mm. Completely different genres. Do not feel at all like the same film. They're from two different directors, so that obviously explains that. But yeah, just like John Woo did not have the same vision as um, Brian De Palma. Brian, thank you, De Palma. Um, and I really didn't care for it. Um, yeah. Andy Newton is the lead. You're moving on to J.J. Abrams next week, next time for the next one. Yes. It's yep. not. Uh, I think it might be a little better. I can't really remember, but I, I think people generally. Yeah, people generally hold the second one as the worst, so I think it's only up from here. But like, it's pretty crazy how different it feels from the first one, and yeah. yet is also kind of like a hint of where it's gonna go, because oh, yeah. the first one is not action heavy at all. No. Like the final scene is on a train, and it's not. They're not fighting. I guess there's the the stunt bit, the very end with the, the the helicopter, but well, that's CG too. And then this movie, there's like he's free soloing on that big rock. Um, there's like like the the final thirty minutes is a nonstop car chase action. Like like there's this great moment where uh, Tom Cruise and Bland Bad Guy are playing chicken on the motorcycle, and then they simultaneously jump off their motorcycles and just throw themselves at each other. And obviously, same momentum, they just stop midair and, like, fall. And, yeah. like, like it's it's crazy. It's It kind of works, but it's it's insane. It's insanity. The script is terrible. Uh, very boring. Uh, and I was, I was trying to say, Tandy Newton, great actor, but just treated like an object, like a prop. Yeah. Just one of those, like the the setup for that movie is so bad. It's he meets this girl. He has to get this person on his team, and he decides the way he's gonna do that is by seducing her. Mm. Not great. Maybe it's genuine. Who's to say? But then after the fact, he discovers that the her role on the team is to pretend to be with her ex partner again, and that's the movie. The conflict is Tom Cruise being like. God, I hate that she's with her ex-boyfriend. Oh, I, I hate it so fucking much. I hate that guy. I hate that guy. And it's just like, obviously, the sexual, like, oh, I'm so mad that she's with her ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, I mean, she's so mad. And it's like, what are, why is, why is this what you're doing? It's a really weird choice. Bad movie. Um, last movie I have to talk about, uh, it's the Trash Cult selection for this month. 
It's Purana Mandir, I think I spelled that right. Um, it's a, uh, a movie, a, like a Bollywood. It's maybe, maybe not the first, but one of the most famous Bollywood horror films. Mm. Um, so I watched that with friend of the pod, Sasha. Uh, it was fun. There were some good moments. Um, quite long. And it's, it's really, it's from the 80s, so it's more campy than it is, like, it's not scary whatsoever. Right. It's, it feels like, like a 60s horror movie, right. um, just kind of like with the special effects and stuff. But there's some, we, had, we enjoyed it. It was some funny stuff. Uh, last two things, TV shows. Still watching Clone High. Um, some episodes that I didn't care for, but uh, still, I still like the show in general. So I, I still hope that they bring Gandhi back. I know there was the hunger strike, but I miss him. He's, he was a fun character. And then uh, Better Call Saul. I wanted to make a, an amendment to something I said previously. You asked me if the cinematography was good. And I, I said, I don't know. I haven't been paying attention. It's really good. I was not paying attention, but now I have because I've been thinking about it. It's yeah. very good cinematography. Um, I actually noticed, too, that the lighting is always very interesting. Like, the way they light it feels very much like, oh, you set up a light. There's a light outside, and it's... So it's not exactly natural. Like, there's right. a bit of a feeling like, oh, I know exactly how they lit this scene, and it's not the overhead lights. They chose to light it in this very dramatic way, almost high-key, like, getting in that territory. So I found that very interesting. Um, but, like, shot choice is always great. Uh, camera movement it's it's really great great show uh, I'm almost finished rewatching season one so that's it for my predator specs next week I don't think we're doing asteroid city I think is the conclusion we came to I think so um, maybe we could do like something for mission impossible maybe like if I get oh, somewhere yeah. to a good point in my rewatch like I could Dude, jump ahead to, like, I will tell four. you yeah and I'll say five and six in my memory, like I love those movies so much. Five and six yeah. are so fucking good. So yeah, so we might do a, a rewind to one of those classics, just because yeah, we we won't be able to probably won't be able to watch Asteroid City just yet. Um, uh, we can watch Elemental. I feel like that's a big downgrade though from <laughs> Mission Impossible. <laughs> uh, we also refuse to watch The Flash. We're not doing it. No um, Flash. So that's that's pretty well it. Um, if you like our stuff, check us out on Predator, at Predator V Movies on Instagram and Twitter. Um, yeah, and I don't know where I'm going with this. If you like my thoughts on movies, check me out on Letterboxd at underscore Alex Gordon underscore underscore. I leave reviews. Uh, you can also check me out on Letterboxd. I'm 810Sunny. That's 810-S-O-N-N-Y. My name is Wombo. I also leave reviews sometimes. Maybe I'll start doing that on purpose, where I end my thing on a purposefully deceptive, like, <laughs> inflection, so that it yeah. seems like I'm not done with what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. and then you're like, is it my, <laughs> yeah. Is it my so then we have more awkward yeah. pauses, and that's what we need. Yeah, right, no, that's great. Um, uh, Peter, do you have anything to plug? Oh my God! What? Here. I don't hear anything. You know what that means. <laughs> Tell us what it means. It means that you guys have to leave a review on the podcast uh, on whatever platform you listen on, you listen on or consume it on, whether that be YouTube, Spotify. Leave a like. Give us a star rating. 
call your mother. You know what I mean? Tell Get us what you think. Yeah. Yeah. Tell people about the show. You like it. You love it. Um, I guess that's it. So until next week, I'm Alex. I'm Aiden. No peer. And this is Predator. Yes. And this is Predator versus Movies. Beep, 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 beep.